Episode 41, The Hardware Show. So what equipment do I use to record my podcast every week? And what do I recommend for beginners? And you are listening to episode number 41 of Mike Murphy Unplugged. Learn, create, move forward. I am your host, Mike Murphy. I'm a one-man band, I'm a technology junkie, and I love helping people figure things out. And I am really excited to be here with you today. The goal of Mike Murphy Unplugged, it's to help you learn what you need to know in order to create online content so you can move forward in business and in life. And in this episode number 41, what equipment and gear do I use to record this podcast and what do I recommend for one-man bands and content creators in the planning stage of starting a podcast or ramping up the content creation? But first, as always, let's start the show with a question of the week from Ask Mike Anything. For those of you just tuning into the show for the first time, Ask Mike Anything, it's your chance to ask me what you want to know more about. Where are you struggling in your online business? Head on over to MikeMurphy.co. Leave me a question and I will answer it in a future episode. Today's Ask Mike Anything came from Open Mic Night on Blab. Can I use green screens with my Logitech C920 or C930 webcam when I make screencast tutorials? Well, the short answer is yes, you can. And just in case you're not sure what green screening is, let me just quickly explain. Using a green screen or a blue screen is a very common technique used in video. It's technically called chroma keying, C-H-R-O-M-A, chroma. TV stations and movie sets have used green screens for years, and the whole purpose is to composite multiple images together in video. In Photoshop, this would be the equivalent of removing the background from a photo. Maybe you took a family portrait on the beach with a boring sky. Well, you could remove the background and add in a beautiful sunset image to replace the dull sky. This is done all the time in photography. Chroma keying or green screening in video produces essentially the same result. In the example of making tutorials or talking head videos where one person is talking directly into the camera, what you do is you just put a green screen or again a blue screen behind you and most video editing software has chroma key functions that will remove this background. So you can put anything you want behind you in the background. Green screen is relatively simple to do. The key to good green screening is lighting. Without proper lighting, the chroma key is gonna look fake. You'll have this green fringe all around the subject and it's gonna look really bad. You've all seen this. And just as an FYI, the reason that green screens or blue screens work is because the colors have a lot of contrast and they're not commonly found in clothing or skin tones. So it makes it a lot easier for the software to separate the green and make a transparent background. The actual color doesn't matter at all. Both ScreenFlow and Camtasia, two of the most popular screencasting software, have the ability to remove green screens or chroma key. So if you're making a screencast using your Logitech C920 or any camera for that matter, as long as the green screen behind you is properly lit, it's gonna be pretty easy to knock out the background. So you can get creative with your background or just keep it simple at a white plain background, which is very common in screencasting tutorials. Green screens can be great. They're really not that hard to pull off. The whole key is just having the light even. All right, let's jump into episode number 41. What hardware or equipment do I use to record and produce my podcast? And what gear do I recommend for you or for those considering starting a podcast? The number one question on my open mic night on Blab is about gear. I am regularly asked about the gear I own and most podcasters want to know what gear they should buy even before they know what their podcast is about. So today I'm going to walk you through the hardware or equipment that I use to record my podcast. 
I'll include everything in the show notes, so not to worry about that. In a future episode, I am going to talk about mobile solutions using iPhones, iPads, and some podcasting on location. But for today's show, I'm going to stick to the basics of the most typical podcast setup that one-man bands and creative entrepreneurs who podcast a la bedroom studio like I do. Today's episode may get a little techy and nerdy for some, but I'm going to keep it simple and it's stuff you really need to know for producing podcasts or tutorials or just video production. The more basics you know about how the audio works, the more versatile your content creation toolkit becomes. Okay, first, the basics. This is podcast slash audio 101, the overview. It all starts when you speak into a microphone. The microphone is either connected to an audio interface, a mixer, or directly into your computer using what is called an XLR cable or a standard USB cable. The audio interface or mixer processes the signal from the microphone and sends it to the computer. In the computer, you use a DAW or a digital audio workstation to edit the recording, add post-processing to make it sound great, and then edit out the ums, ahs, and mistakes, etc. The flow of signal from your mouth through the hardware into the computer is also referred to as the audio chain. The more equipment that you add between your mouth and the final recording, the more advanced the setup. Pretty simple, right? Microphone to interface, interface to computer, computer to software, and then export the file and you have a podcast. Okay, now the details of my setup. Here is my audio chain, the microphone. And just FYI, there are two main categories of microphones that you're going to have to deal with. Dynamic mics or condenser mics are the two most popular. Dynamic microphones are widely used in broadcasting and podcasting because they are very good at only picking up the sound right in front of them and they reject all the unwanted sounds in your room. That's a good thing. Condenser microphones, on the other hand, they sound great, but they tend to be very sensitive and pick up everything, including the cars outside. I have condenser mics that are great for playing guitar and singing because they produce such a pleasing warm sound and they do work for podcasting. But condensers are much better if you have a sound-treated room and more controlled studio environment. And just as an FYI or word of caution, one condenser mic that I hear recommended a lot for new podcasters is the Blue Yeti mic. While this does have some good qualities, the Blue Yeti mic is a condenser mic. It picks up a lot of room noise and it's not a microphone that I would recommend for just starting out podcasting. Okay, now that you understand the difference between dynamic and condenser microphones, I recommend the dynamic microphones. And my microphone that I use is the Shure SM7B. This is a very popular podcast and broadcast microphone. It's most notably credited as the microphone used by Michael Jackson on Thriller. That's pretty cool, but not the reason that I use it. The Shure SM7B, it's a dynamic microphone, is built like a tank and produces a very flat and straightforward sound and is really quite impressive at rejecting room noise all around it. On my Monday night blabs, for example, I have a pretty loud air conditioner running behind me in the living room, and nobody hears it. And it is not cheap coming in at 350 bucks for the Shure SM7B. And just a little sound tip, when you do record your podcast, be sure to do whatever you can to keep your recording environment quiet, like turning off the AC, notifications on your computer, iOS devices. It's going to come in time, but you really have to start paying attention to your quiet times. When is the optimal time for you record and make sure you set those times aside. If you're an interview show, it might be more difficult for you to control the timing and noise distractions, but you need to try to do your best. You never want to develop a workflow where you try to fix everything in post-production. That's a bad way to go. The cleaner you record, the better your final product is going to be. 
As they say, garbage in, garbage out. So make sure you do whatever you can to keep the recording as clean and pristine as possible and you'll set yourself up for the best success. Okay, now on to a couple of key accessories. First, the boom arm. My sure SM7B lives on the Rode PSA1 boom arm. Also, Heil makes a great boom arm. These attached to your desk allows you to swing the microphone around and find the perfect position in front of your mouth. Boom arms are very handy, but they also serve a purpose of getting your microphone off your desk to eliminate vibrations from your computer or hard drives, etc. And when you get your boom arm, you probably also want to pick up a pop filter. A pop filter is just a little screen that goes in front of your microphone and it prevents unwanted mouth noises and what is called plosives. And plosives are the P's and the B's that really are hard and they make a bad sound. A pop filter along with good mic technique will prevent this. The next accessory, my microphone in particular, and many popular dynamic microphones used in podcasting, such as the Heil PR40 or the Electrovoice microphones, they require a lot of volume or gain to power them. Dynamic microphones, and mine in particular, is what is called gain-hungry. So I use a device called the Cloud Lifter that provides a very clean gain, extra gain to my microphone so my audio interface doesn't need to work so hard and be cranked all the way up to 11 in order to power my microphone. The Cloud Lifter or another great device is called a Fethead. A quick recap of my equipment just so that we're all together here. The Shure SM7B Dynamic Microphone is my microphone of choice. It lives on a Rode PSA1 boom arm. Out of the microphone is an XLR cable that plugs into the cloud lifter to get some extra gain. And from the cloud lifter, another XLR cable goes into my audio interface. Next up, the interface. This is simply where you plug the XLR cable from your microphone into. My audio interface is the Allen & Heath Z10 USB mixer. It's around $250 and the preamps are considered very good. Although I currently use a mixer, it's overkill for most one-man bands and I really don't recommend it unless you're doing like a co-hosted show or you have some really complicated or multi-guest interviews. I recommend using a simple audio interface like the Focusrite 2i2 or the 6i6. That's really all you need for most cases and the sound and the preamps are excellent on these little devices. In all honesty, the only reason I have a mixer for the most part is that in order to teach podcasting and to really learn audio, I need to know how to use a mixer. I actually love using them. They're fun. I can hook up multiple devices like my iPhone and iPad and mix in all sorts of other devices and get sound. But for most people, including myself, a mixer is not necessary and using something simple and easy like an audio interface is all you really need. And the audio interfaces such as the Focusrite tend to have a little bit higher quality preamps than most of the prosumer mixers. And my mixer connects into my MacBook Pro laptop using a USB cable and I record directly into Adobe Audition, my digital audio workstation or DAW of choice. The final recap, my audio chain, the Shure SM7B dynamic microphone held by a Rode PSA1 boom arm. I use Canary XLR cables that I buy from B&H Photo. The Cloud Lifter is the gain booster that gives my mic that extra pop. Allen & Heath Z10 Mixer is my current audio interface. I use a MacBook Pro laptop and I record into Adobe Audition. Summing up, my recommendation for you if you're just starting out, keep it simple, but get the best quality you can afford, get what you need. 
I will create some bundled packages in the show notes, so be sure to go to MikeMurphy.co, episode 41, and I'll put some things together for you. Just as an FYI, there are a whole bunch of new microphones and interfaces from Shure and Focusrite just released, so be sure to call B&H Photo or Sweetwater, which is where I buy a lot of my audio gear, before buying anything. Or feel free to ask me, and I'll let you know what I think. Okay, microphones that I recommend. Go with it at dynamic microphone you won't go wrong for good budget mics under 100 bucks i recommend the audio technica atr 2100 or the at2005 they're basically the exact same mics only the 2005 is black the other is silver both around 50 bucks two of the most recommended microphones online i think and they're a solid choice for many they are surprisingly good sounding for the price and they're handy because they you can connect to your computer via USB cable or they also have the higher quality XLR cable. The next step up in the mid-budget range from two to $300, I recommend the Rode Podcaster or the ElectroVoice RE320. If you have the budget, I'd probably tell you to start in this range. There are a lot of choices in the two to $300 range, but these two by Rode and ElectroVoice are a great starting point. And finally, for those who are very serious about the sound quality and have the budget, my mic, the Shure SM7B, is a great choice at $350. Next, the Heil PR40 is the same price many consider just as good or better. Used by podcasters such as Leo Laporte, Pat Flynn, and John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. Rounding out the top of the high end is the RE20 by ElectroVoice. This is found in radio stations around the world. A little too pricey for me at $499, but it is a very popular in the broadcasting industry. And for audio interfaces, I think you get more bang from the buck using just an audio interface over a mixer. The quality tends to be better. They're smaller. They're easier to use. So I would definitely tell you to look at the new line by Focusrite, such as the 2i2, the 2i4, the 6i6. You can't go wrong with these interfaces. But if you do want to go the mixer route, anything by Mackie or Allen and Heath is a good place to start. And you're going to need some accessories. You're going to need some cables, boom arm or mic stand. And definitely want to look into getting a pop filter for your microphone to reduce those unwanted mouth sounds. For your computer, use what you have. Most computers today can handle audio. Whatever you want to use for your audio software is also fine. I prefer Adobe Audition, but GarageBand will work and the free solution of Audacity works just fine. There's also plenty of others out there online. So hopefully you have a clearer picture of how it all works. The gear matters, but you do not need to break the bank. Only get what you need to start. Bottom line, you need a good dynamic microphone, you need an audio interface with solid preamps, and you need your computer. There's a few accessories sprinkled in there, but that's for the most part, that is all you need to get up and running and start a podcast. And it shouldn't cost you more than a couple hundred bucks. And as always, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Remember, keep those questions coming in for Ask Mike Anything. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, head on over to MikeMurphy.co and be sure to do so for the latest news and update. I thank you for joining me today. I hope you join my one-man band, and together we can learn, create, and move forward. Cheers.